0: Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell different. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. Welcome everybody to the Playmaker Podcast. We're ready to rock and roll another episode here Continuing this concept of data, we like talking about data and how it can be used in the sales process. And to do that, I've brought on a guest. We've actually gone back and forth um, with this gentleman. I think he's got a really rich background. On this topic of obviously sales and then infusing it with data, I think it'll be an interesting talk track. So, welcome onto the show, Edward Gary, who happens to be our CRM consultant, sales operations expert at Dilicon um, Consulting. Am I, did I say that right, Edward? Is it
1: Dilicon? Pretty close. We're we'll called Dealicon Consulting.
0: Yeah, pretty close. Um, founder, kind of, and CEO of that as he's moved around in different positions in his career. Edward, um, f- first of all, thanks so much for joining. But can you take just a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself and your background over the past few years?
1: Sure. Thank you. Um, well, thank you very much for having me here today. I really appreciate it. Um, to give you a little background on myself and and you an idea, I, I was born in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, and um, I grew up in a town where you got to the end of the street and it said, please walk horse across bridge. So pretty rural. <laughs> and what do you do after college when it's time to go back to that rural town? You you moved to New York City because you know there's a great parallel between the two. So uh, I moved from walk horse across bridge to horns and traffic and subway and trains. And uh, here I am 20 some years later, uh, still enjoying New York City. Is so that right? It's been a great experience.
0: Wow, wow, so a little little different there. Um, so you've obviously been um, on your career it's, it's kind of an interesting one. I mean, we'll often pull up you know sales leaders uh, and marketing leaders, but you've kind of had an interesting background on on your LinkedIn at the moment, really diving more into kind of the 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 process and the technology side of things, correct?
1: Well, I think it's really a balance between the technology and the business. You know, one of the insights that I think I've learned over the last, um, you know, 20 some years, 25 years in the business is that technology is business, right? Hmm. That with the way the the environment has grown and changed over the last, especially the last 15 years, is technology is now isn't that group of people that sit on the other side of the table, but they should be commingled and intermixed with the business, I've always viewed myself as a a business person that uses technology to be able to drive my strategy and my ideas, and also revenue.
0: I love it. I I can't argue; those two often go pretty, pretty close hand in hand. Um, Besides growing up in a small town, anything, anything, (laughs) anything—that's pretty good. Uh, Anything outside of work you're passionate about, something interesting about you that the audience may uh, might be fun to know.
1: Well, you know, a couple of different things this, this past season, and um, I've been kind of passionate about college basketball. Oh. So last night was an interesting night. That's, um, right. That's this, right. This year in particular. So, so I went to a, a small school St. Bonaventure University, and it's hmm. the first time they made it to the NCAA in 48 years. So wow. it was pretty exciting for our little small school called St. Bonaventure up in upstate New York. Bonaventure. Um, and while I live in New York, I also live in Villanova, Pennsylvania. Oh! So last night was an exciting night to see Villanova, to, you know, take the championship. See, but um, got the aside from lamb. that, I love tennis. I love uh, bicycling. I'm pretty much an outdoor stuff as long as an outdoor kind of guy. As long as it's uh, summertime. If it's winter, I hibernate <laughs> like a bear. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love it. Well, man, this was the year of college basketball, right? I mean, that was. Uh that that sweet sixteen just had a bunch of random names. Um, you know, I don't think uh, Saint. Bonaventure made it through. Very
1: far, no, but made it to the top 32, but but then got quickly eliminated. But it doesn't matter. We're proud of them anyhow. Hey,
0: I was going to say, man, but just getting there is um, is a big feat, especially for some you know some of these schools, obviously that just don't have kind of the money, facilities, etc. That uh, you know the Dukes and etc. have. So I can't blame you for following college basketball. Um, flipping the table, um, you've obviously been doing this kind of technology, sales, operations stuff for a long time. You run into somebody, quick tips or pieces of advice for aspiring leaders, people who are looking to kind of move up in their career and get to places where you've been?
1: Oh, great question. I mean, I think quick tips would be to always have your eye on what the strategy is of the company and figuring out how what you're doing on a daily basis can help drive that strategy forward. Mm, yeah. Um, sometimes that's hard to do because sometimes you don't have an ear on that executive door. But when you can get that ear on that door to hear what that strategy is about, to listening to those earning calls, to understand you know where the company is going, then aligning what you're doing on a daily basis to that to that strategy. It really has um, served me quite well.
0: Yeah, you yeah alignment. Me, you just can't can't argue with that one. It plays almost in every. Every aspect of business. So let's use that maybe as a way to, to jump into the, the actual conversation here. I like bouncing around. Um, obviously, I have a background kind of in data, and that's been a passion to infuse the sales process with data. But I think a lot of people don't really even know where to start. Um, it's, you know, this concept of which data should I be looking at? And how do I even know if it's accurate? Because, man, if I know sales leaders and sales reps, the, their favorite thing to do is well, that data is not accurate and that we shouldn't even be looking at that. We should be looking at that. I mean, how do you get, I mean, how do you get into this motion of what is right and, and is it accurate or how do I make it more accurate?
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, right data is really different for every organization. It just depends on what it is as part of their strategy. Again, going back to that original question, and sometimes it's internal data. Sometimes it's external data that they need to be able to augment their systems. And sometimes it's a combination of, of both, really. Um, you, you know you talk about how you know bad data and, and conversations about bad data. and I, I can tell to you about stories, <laughs> and I have numerous where you're talking to a company where you walk into a two- hour pipeline meeting and the first hour is spent questioning the validity of the data. Where'd you get it? Where's the source? Where did it come from? So what's it all about you know, why this system versus that system? Um, and, and you know that's before you even get to have the discussion about the strategy. So really the goal, really to talk about, I mean, before you even get to an opportunity to talk about the deals and the revenue, to be able to eliminate that first hour of the pipeline meeting that's trying to defend the data that's in front of you and have everybody have a single source of truth so that you can build the conversation and, and, and move the strategy forward.
0: Interesting. So let me just um, ask a couple—a quick follow-up on that. So, um, t- you know, two things. Single source of truth, you mentioned. I mean, what what is... If you dive into that just a little bit, does that mean typically the CRM? is that? Do you go into a BI tool? Is it a, how do you get to that place where it's kind of like, look, whether it's accurate or not, you guys, this is the place we're looking and this is the right place to typically go. Is, is that just CRM? or?
1: Well, it, it is. It is isn't. it isn't, right? So I'll give you a couple examples. So depending on what your CRM strategy is, it absolutely can be. My experience has been that when you look at the sales process and my experience in building CRM tools has been, it has been the owner of the Salesforce automation component of the sales process. So therefore, yes, it was a single source of truth in that case. However, there are other systems that are a single source of truths for their particular area of expertise. I don't think CRM is the, is the right place and the, and the, and the, the holy grail When it comes to revenue data, that should be in your accounting systems and your general ledger and your, you know, your account master system. Interesting. Right. So there's different single source of truth for different purpose. So it's purpose driven.
0: Got it. Got it. I I like that. That makes sense. And then the second follow up on that is just at a high level, because I feel like there are so many numbers to gather. Right. how do you st- how, how would you coach an organization to just start thinking about look if you want to gather the you know get the right data for your sales team here's how maybe I would at least kind of lay it out or start thinking about it
1: yeah well I think there's two things that have to take place there one is you have to know what the process is there has to be a uniform yeah. process and sometimes that's the biggest challenge because if you're in an organization where there's multiple lines of business and multiple sales teams and multiple managers, Some people are doing, you know, one methodology and another group is doing a methodology, another different methodology, and you're trying to merge them together to get one single process. That takes time to get everybody on board to one single process, right? right? And then the second piece is that from a sales management perspective, you have to be the the driver that says, this is the single source of the truth. And Gabe, if your information isn't in the system and it isn't updated and it isn't right, I'm going to hold you accountable for that. Yeah. Because that's now part of the salesperson's job.
0: Yeah, to actually make sure that it's there so that we can report on it accurately. Um, Have you found a way to help reps do that? I mean, you know, reps are notoriously like, we don't want CRM and that doesn't help us. And it's annoying. I mean, is there, I mean, do you you comp on it? Do you incentivize it? Do you just kind of put the iron fist down on it? What's what's the way to make sure reps kind of do it?
1: The answer to that is yes. You comp (laughs) on it. You perform on it and you put the iron fist down on it, right? That's part of it, okay? But not only that, right? As the CRM expert or the CRM professional in the the organization that's responsible for delivering a tool, it's my responsibility to eliminate the the room for error, so to speak, when it comes to capturing data, right? So, for example, you know, one of the things that you might want to do instead of having someone be able to connect to... or you have to manually put in contact information, you might want to be able to connect to an external source hmm. uh, and use that public data to be able to upload contact information. Now, you can augment that with your personal information that you know about the customer. But if I have the ability to connect, say, my CRM platform with a third-party data source, right. and that data source has the ability for me to upload information directly into it, or a window for me, I have a better... Um, I had a better opportunity to get that salesperson not only to use my system, but then my management to rely on that system.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, if people can see value, if you can help people see what they get out of it, certainly I think it is. It changes the game very often um you mentioned you know one of the problems is is not having kind of a sales process and that's one of the ways that people kind of mess up when and they start thinking about data right data accurate data do you feel like there's other pitfalls or what other pitfalls are there you know when it comes to managing data and i i like looking at it even post you know let's call it post lead more in the opportunity area where where are people missing and not kind of hitting a home run when it comes to evaluating and managing opportunity data?
1: I think there's a couple different things there. So one is um, in meetings is that the terminology that the company uses to be able to describe something needs to be consistent Hmm. so that when we say that something is in, uh, a particular sales stage, say that sales stage three, and we're calling that sales stage uh, RFP or prospect, something like that. Got it. Everybody in the company knows what that means, what prospect means, and what the criteria is before they got to prospect. So, what work was done to be able to get that particular opportunity to the prospect level, and then the exit criteria to be able to get out of that uh, particular sales stage. You need to have these five pieces of data. And be able to be say that yes, this information is complete so that we can move the process forward
0: yeah yeah interesting so it is a it does come back to knowing I mean one common language is going to be extremely important and then common language that is part of a process with those mapped out, at least you're on the same page of alignment you can start speaking the same things you can start kind of moving in the right direction Got I
1: think it. awareness is another piece to it, right getting those sales managers to be aware. Of the, of the process, because, you know, you can build the process and say that process is three years old. Throughout that three-year process, you have sales managers coming in and out of your organization, right? They're moving into new positions, they're getting promoted, they're moving out of your organization to take other positions. And you have to get those new managers on board with that process as well. So right. it's a continuous education process and a refinement process, because just because it's done once doesn't mean that it's, it's good forever. But yeah. getting those managers to really understand the value of the data... I mean, I can tell you great stories of conversations that I've had where you have that aha moment with a senior executive that thinks that they're, you know, they're going down path A and they're really going down path B because they haven't looked at the data.
0: Interesting. Do you feel like, I mean, there's one, you know, being a a sales leader, um, do you feel like most sales leaders get, well, this is probably maybe even a funny question, but I assume they don't get enough into the data versus you know getting too into the data would you have any coaching or advice for you know like look you're ultimately the sales leader it's ultimately your number like you have got to like you just got to find a way to yeah. do it and get into the number you can't rely on the ops team and, and someone else to manage everything like it's your number so but you got to own it you should
1: be able to though right i think you should be able to i mean you have if you're the head of a business and you're the head of the sales department for that business right you can't be knee deep in numbers every hmm. single day because you got to worry about retention you got to worry about presentations you right, worry everything. About marketing events you, you the whole thing of running that business falls on your shoulders. so you need to have someone like an ed gary or a or another person on your team that's going to wow. help you dig through the weeds to be able to find the real opportunities, find that you know, needle in the haystack or diamond in the rough to be able to, to identify that for you or to be able to say, hey, these are the things that you need to be aware of. For example, I was meeting with a senior executive one time at a company that I worked for, very excited about his, his sales goals for the quarter, very excited about his pipeline, where he was going to land, blow it out of the park this quarter, and um, how do you think I'm doing, Ed? And I said, well, you have a good pipeline. You have about $50 million that's due this quarter. Um, He's great. I only have to meet 10 million of it." Right. I said, okay, well, now let's start to look at that pipeline. Your sales cycle is about 180 days. Let's look at your pipeline and see how much of it is over 180 days old. Yeah. Let's see how many people are assigned on that deal that actually are no longer with the company yeah let's see how many activities are scheduled against that opportunity to be able to close it by the end of the quarter and we took all those factors down and started looking at it we ended up with about 13 million dollars worth of real pipeline out of the 50 million and a 40 percent probability so you're (laughs) going to miss by about seven million dollars if you don't and the light bulb went on yeah the data speaks for itself
0: yeah i mean man that's that's an interesting debate i think you know, depending on where you are in your company cycle, small, large, you're probably going to face this challenge, right? You've got to delegate it. If you've got a large org and you have to find someone who can be really that kind of consultative partner, if not, you're going to have to get into it yourself. Um, And that's just obviously a waste. If you're a small org, these, some of these questions have to be answered. So you're going to have to get your feet wet. So, um, you know, I've faced both situations and, To your point, I've found sometimes I have an ops person, and they're not really a strategic partner. And so I, you know, it gets it just it it gets very difficult because you still got to kind of you got to report on the numbers and know what you're talking about.
1: Um, Absolutely. And 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 again, you know, the terminology matters. I was talking with a life sciences uh, company that I was working with, and I asked them, okay, well, what's what's the what's sales what sales stage is that opportunity in? He said twenty five percent. Yeah. And I was it, it took a, it took me about 10 minutes to convince them that 25% is at a sales stage it's a probability okay <laughs> and there's the difference and both both pieces you need to know but you look at them with with um with a different lens right and they're, they're telling you different things about the opportunity. So, yeah,
0: do you feel like, I mean, this is a little bit of a side question because obviously each company takes a slightly different path. But is there a couple of fundamental pieces when we're talking about pipeline management and forecasting that you would probably just recommend? So oftentimes you've got stages, probability, mm-hmm. and then you've kind of gotten, you know, I think people sometimes use different terminologies for them, but there is kind of that language around commit and upside, expect, et cetera, that, you know, I've got yeah. closest to the pin. Um, do you feel like having each of those, what are kind of the core elements that an organization should have? I mean, we've talked about probability and sales stages. Do you typically recommend that you kind of stop it in there or do you want to go into kind of the forecasting categories as well?
1: I do want to go into the forecasting. Absolutely. That's what's going to tell me where I'm going to land. So I want to know when the decision date is. And if I see that Bob, my salesman Bob over there, has all of his deals closing on December 31st of 2018, I know that probably he really doesn't understand where (laughs) the decision date is and I can't (laughs) forecast very well for Bob. Okay. So you need this so as a sales manager. I need to be able to correct that behavior. Yeah. But I think that knowing when the decision date is going to happen and having that realistic, and also tracking how many times that salesperson has actually changed the decision date. Yeah. So I'm looking at opportunity. It's supposed to close this quarter. It's the main thing that I need in order to meet my number. But the salesperson has changed the decision date on it 17 times. So either uh-huh. they don't yeah. know, or the customer's not really that committed. Yeah. Another field I think that is really really important to have is who is the decision maker yeah how many times you ask a question and people actually are like well it's this group of people and doesn't know there is one person that says yes one person yeah Uh, Yeah. they take feedback from a whole bunch of people but there's and now how does that impact our probability
0: yeah totally true um do you do you feel like let me i'll just ask a quick question then there's one other thing i kind of wanted to ask as we kind of get to wrap up here but um do you feel like that change, that sales stage change um i've heard a lot of leaders bring that up and for whatever reason i feel like it's it's at least for the people i've talked to it's not as easy to capture that in standard crm is that just a sales leader speaking or is it very easy in crm to be able to see how often stages have moved um you know close dates have moved etc that's
1: that's very tactical, you know, I mean, to look at like the way that a numbers kind of a deal's moving, uh, how many times the decisions change, that's kind of helping you solve the problem of today. How do I get to the end of the quarter? Hmm. But I do think you're right. I think, I think absolutely sales is changing and the way we're interacting with customers is, is absolutely changing. They're, they're becoming more demanding. Obviously they want more for less and they, they expect you, especially if you're going to have a vertical conversation with them, if you're coming in there and talking to them about their business. They expect you to understand their issues and salespeople, good salespeople today, they do the things that they need to do in order to be able to understand what the customer's issues are. They have that pre-call meeting with the team. They listen to the earnings call. They understand what the customer's challenge is. They understand how to escalate that customer's challenge. Not only so I could say, not only so I could say, you know, what could we do at your company? If we, or what would it be like if your company, if we were able to solve this problem, but Gabe, what would it be for you Yeah, if I was able to be able to correct this issue that you're having right now on your and being able to really escalate that problem so that it's not only about the company, but it's also personal to the, to the uh, person that's making the decision. That's why you need to know a decision maker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, I, I mean, kind of transitioning to this last piece, I mean, we've been talking data a little more generically in different areas, but certainly the sales rep, um, needs that or potentially should have that in, in the way that they run their business? Maybe even some of the things like we've talked about, like it knowing the decision maker and, and holding myself accountable to getting that info to help me sell more. Do you feel like um, things have changed for the sales rep? And if so, should the sales reps be accountable to get data or should they be using data that sometimes they don't?
1: They should be. And, you know, uh, your CRM tool at some point should be looking at social media. What is this company tweeting about? They're going to be tweeting about some of the some of the challenges that they're trying to solve for their customers that they're going to help. They're going to look for vendors to kind of help them solve that process. They're going to be um, they're going to have a profile. They're going to be putting thought leadership out on LinkedIn Right. right. Um, and understanding the message of the company, understanding the message of the individual that you're meeting with and what their personal brand is can really help you understand how to sell to that company better. Interesting. How to connect with that person. Because no matter what, sales is about relationship. We can build all the technology we want, right? And I can build the most amazing (laughs) CRM platform you've ever had with everything connected to it and everything system and the most beautiful data in the world. But if I can't connect to Gabe on a one-to-one level, then it's really hard for me to be able to sell to that person no matter what.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because sometimes, you know, AI, we're a big... Um, you know, advocate of predictive or, or AI and, you know, taking a decent amount of funding for it, both kind of in the prospecting and in the pipeline management forecasting space. But a lot of people ask us, you know, will will AI eventually replace uh, humans and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously there's always, I think, an argument for that. There's an argument against that. But in, when it comes to sales, man, just to kind of put a stamp on your point, uh, I just, AI should not eliminate the human. It really should enable it. And I think that personalization, the more it can help us understand and be better, I think that's where we've got to go rather than thinking we can always eliminate or get rid of. So, um,
1: yeah, you know, the scenario I always use on that one is remember the old um, formula of you make 100 phone calls, you get 10 leads, you come up with one sale. Yeah. AI now gets you those 10 leads. You don't have to make those 100 phone calls. Yeah. Okay. It eliminates those those 90 calls that are dead because it does the intelligence for you to give you the 10 so that you can get to that one and maybe yeah. even that one becomes a two or a three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're doing it in such a smarter way is kind of what you're exactly. Saying you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not kind of open up the yellow pages and just call top to bottom. We can actually find people who maybe should be interested or are interested or thinking about us or talking about us and therefore work hard and smart. Um, always got to have both. Right. So, well, Ed, I appreciate the time as we, as we close here. um, a lot of different pieces that we've talked about with data and process, pitfalls, reps. Um, any, as we kind of summarize or close it up, what, 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 what would be your thoughts to that?
1: Well, I would think that one of the things I could say to people if they're listening to this is that there is no silver bullet. Yeah. Right? I can't sit here today and tell you that if you did this, you're going to grow your revenue by <laughs> 10% or you could be more successful in sales. It's yeah. a combination of all the things that we've talked about today. Right. It's the things about having the right sales management, having the right terminology, having the right system, having the right data, looking at what the company's profiles about, changing the way people sell to be able to really change the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's right. It, and it's sad in sales. I think sometimes we do look for that silver bullet. You know, we look for the flash that will get us that immediate jump. And it's it's always people process technology, right? It's, you know, you, you've got to combine it all to, to fulfill a good strategy. So, Ed, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, if someone wants to get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about some of the things you're doing, what's the best way to do that?
1: You can always check out my LinkedIn profile. Um, the thing with me and my last name is Gary with its two R's. So people have trouble <laughs> finding me with Ed Gary. That's right. Uh, G-A-R-R-Y. They can email me um, and reach out to me directly.
0: I will appreciate it again for uh, for jumping on the playmaker podcast um uh, for the audience remember success is just one playway